You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September. It's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 138 of Honey Hole Hangout. I'm Landon, and with me is Zach Squared. What? Hello. What? <laughs> <laughs> so we have Adair and we have Harris, which I have to start calling you guys now because uh-huh. the Zachs are confusing. Yeah. Work. Zach Adair is a longtime member of the podcast, mm-hmm. an OG voice on this show. Longtime member, first time listener. <laughs> Harris is a new addition to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. How are you liking it so far? It's kind of boring. Man. <laughs> Man, shots should fired. we should we talk about our changes, possible changes now that you're yeah. saying that it's boring? Yeah. We're gonna change it up. How are we changing it up? Okay. They have to accommodate royalty now. I'm here. And now I'm gonna <laughs> squeeze my clown nose every time we say a joke. <laughs> we need a clown nose button. Oh man, that'd be great. We should, yeah. just, we should just get a clown horn. Oh, I have a button. Yeah. Honka, honka. Change number one listed. Clown horn. I like it. So, we're thinking about making some podcast changes. Mm-hmm. If you're a listener and you have an opinion on what we're about to talk about, be sure to message us because if we don't receive any messages saying we're, do it or don't do it, we're going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. If you really don't want us to do it, let us know. And if you're for the changes, let us know. So, here's what we're going to do. We are going to move the podcast to bi-weekly. Yes. Meaning, we will have one podcast every two weeks. It's a good way to, to describe it because I feel like bi-weekly is a very confusing word because you never know if it means every other week or, ev- or twice a week. Because it oh. could mean both, you know? Mm. So, every other week. Right? Every other Tuesday. Yes. Okay. We will have the show. And Not these changes aren't taking effect immediately. We will make it very clear when the changes are taking effect, yeah. but this has been the topic of our discussion. We're going bi-weekly, not bi-weekly. Going bi-weekly, not bi-weekly. Yeah. Yes. Every other week, not twice a week. Correct. Yeah. Every once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Every other Tuesday, you'll get a show of Honey Hole Hangout. Beautiful. With that show, you will get a higher production show. Mm-hmm. Clown horns. Clown horns, number one. One for each of us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no longer honey will hang out. Yeah, it's Just a clown whore expo. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, you'll get a higher production show. We will video the podcast. And change the name to Only Fish. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Only no. Flies. Only Flies and Only, only Fish. Only Flies. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Only Fins. Hey. Only Fins. Only fence, yeah, okay. That's only one letter different. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> 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 I was like, what? Fence is two different. So we will video the podcast, and we will also live stream the podcast. Yep. So on Tuesdays at seven p.m., if you want to listen and watch us live, that will be an option. 
You guys can leave comments, questions to our guests, and it can all be happening while we are recording the show. Yep. So if you are interested in these changes, and that sounds good to you, let us know. Any suggestions? And if you have any suggestions, let us know. Right. If you're not interested, let us know as well. Exactly. Because if we get 30 people say, no, I like it how it is, then we'll just keep it going. We'll just keep it going how it is. Well, what but if we get 30 people say they like it, but 300 people saying they like they like it how it is, but like more people saying? Oh, well, like I mean, it, we're a democracy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're a democracy, but me and Zach Squared get, you know, 80% of the vote. Yeah. At least two times the vote. Yeah. At least six votes between us. So, um, let, seriously, though, let us know because we are very strongly considering these changes. Along with this, Zach Harris and I, and Zach Adair, because we just I just released one of our videos today. Mm-hmm. We've been focusing a lot on YouTube videos, um, and we are going to like a weekly fly tying video and trying to do some other stuff on the YouTube. And we've also been talking about doing live streaming with fly tires that live in other areas, so we can they they can tie their flies and we can live stream with them. And so basically what we're trying to do is maybe move to more live streaming and give you guys some other options. But the reality is, if you guys are wondering why we're doing this, we're on episode, this is episode 138. We've been doing this. We've been rolling with this for over two years. And we feel like we need a little bit of a change. And this is kind of exciting in new territory. And then also, um, you know, it gives us the opportunity to upgrade the quality of the content that we're putting out for you guys and do videos and give you guys an option to interact while we're actually recording the podcast. And if you are, sorry, go ahead. No, no. So I was going to (laughs) say, and if you are one of those people who are like, I'm not really a fan of video content. I was going to say that. Yeah, I don't watch YouTube. Nothing will really change on your end. You can still listen to this the same way. It'll be a little less frequent, but it'll be a higher production. So that means when we have our guests, they are going to be knockout guests. Like our content that we create when we talk about it on the podcast will be um, less of the droning, more of like the actually engaging and exciting that uh, you guys have known and loved from Honey Hole. So that's our goal. And seriously, we are open to feedback. So shoot us an email, message us on Instagram, whatever you guys want to do, let us know. Um, And if we don't hear anything, we're doing it. And if we hear stuff, we will definitely, like, listen to what you guys have to say because, uh, you know, we care about our audience and we care about what you guys they're what the, you guys think. They're the reason this keeps happening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yep. So, all right. With that being said, Zach Adair, what are we drinking tonight? Oh, we fancy lads. I know. Tonight. We're talking about changes, and we made a big drinking change. Big old drinking change. My favorite change we've ever made. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> I, I am a wine fan, so we are drinking our first wine on the podcast. Episode 138, we've never had a wine. Never had a wine. We've had part. no, I don't even think we've had like a bourbon-aged wine. Or we've something. had, uh, I guess Angel's. Envy is aged in port barrels. That's kind of close. I mean, but it's not really. wine. It's not wine. Uh, but we are drinking uh, Chateau Sweet Michel. It is their cab, uh, their Cabernet Sauvignon from Columbia Valley. It is their 2018 vintage. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to get into wine the last few months, and 
I am into this. I love a cab. It's probably my it is my favorite type of wine. This wine is really good. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's and it's better than that weird stuff you had a few weeks ago. What, what was the weird stuff? The I plum had? stuff. Ooh, the yeah. plum brandy. The plum yeah, stuff. that oh, was this weird. is good. This is good stuff. This is better than plum brandy yeah. for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm a, a fan. Guy. I like fan. I I like wine. This is a very good wine as well. What's your favorite style of wine? Uh, I like Cabernets. Yeah. Yeah. I also like rosés. What's your favorite kind? Uh, the kind in a bottle. Yeah, that's I don't. I don't know, man. I I just drink. I'm not a big whites there. fan. That's the only thing. But you I like can, a rosé. I like a rosé, but I don't like like white is not my favorite. Really? Yeah, I guess typically I don't go with white. I go with red. Like typically, like the oakier, the better, less sweet. But I'll, I'll, honestly, you put it in a glass in front of me, I'm gonna drink it. Mm-hmm. I've I've not found one that I don't. Don't like. I mean, it all tastes pretty good to me. As long as it's not like made poorly, yeah, I don't care. Are we bringing wine to real recovery? Oh, dude, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. John will be into it too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm sure Jim will drink a little bit of wine. Ooh, Jim, bring some wine with yeah, you. Yeah, right. he's a fishing buddy. Watch him be like, I hate wine. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't touch the stuff. <laughs> you know, but I, I'm, I'm excited. I've noticed as I got older. I like this stuff a lot more. Like it tastes better and better every time I drink it. You're always you're right. Like when you were a kid, you're like, "Why do they drink that one?" Yeah, There's so many nasty. other options. Yeah. And then you realize, like, oh, because it's it's pretty good. It's also, like not super expensive. Yeah, I guess it, it can, be. and it doesn't take much. And yeah. we can finish a bottle for it. We have to finish the bottle for the podcast. And like whiskey, where you're like, we drink like a fraction of it, and yeah. now we have like seventy-five or eighty percent of a bottle of whiskey that we're probably never going to finish. Yeah. It's a lot of whiskey, 130, 138 episodes. It's a lot of bottles of whiskey. We've gone through quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. You guys and are degenerates. Like, his cabinet <coughs> is probably about as much as my cabinet is, too. And oh I've taken God. a lot of bottles back, and I sure, and Gabe is just, yeah, has more and more and more than that. It's expensive. It is. Yeah, that's the deal. Yeah, there is a while. There, was, there, there for a while, we were really kind of like every other, <laughs> every three weeks, it was like, I'm buying a $40 bottle, a $50 bottle. And now it's like, okay. I can deal with the wine. Yeah. Especially, it's bi-weekly now, too. Yeah. So. <coughs> well, maybe. Let's talk about, we haven't seen you in two weeks, and a lot has happened for all of us. I know. I had spring break. In the last, you had spring break. Spring break. A lot's happened to all of us. I'll go first, because I'm okay. very excited to talk about yep. the all Savannah you. Bananas game. I know. I want you to talk about it. I want to hear what you did. Yeah, because I haven't even told you about it yet. Not so. yet. Zach and I were supposed to go to watch the Savannah Bananas. Yes. And if you don't know what the Savannah Bananas are, it is a baseball game with different rules that is really fun and sold out. Yeah. That's the easiest way. It's like a Har- – Wait, okay, so I haven't been, obviously, now. Is it still safe to say it's kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. They, they're to put on a show. Right. Show That's off. That's 100% what their job is. They're, to have they're, a good time. Yeah, their thing is 100% fan experience. And so, a couple highlights for me. So, we went. The game was sold out. So, it's why seating. I didn't go. So, originally, I was, oh, yeah. it was me and you were going to go. But after my spring break, where literally from Friday night to Thursday night, I had something planned every single day. By the time Friday rolled around, I knew every time I do that in my life, I get sick. Like, if, if I go, like, six or seven days hard in a row, by that seventh, eighth, ninth day, I tend to get sick. And you went hard. You went to spring training in Arizona right. for baseball, for yeah, MLB. Yeah. yeah like so we, you were to do that and then fly home and then drive to Houston. The next day, drive to Houston. To go to Savannah Bananas. Yeah. And so I needed I needed to have a couple rest days. So Zach was like, I'm out. 
But you can have both tickets, and I got my youngest brother, Aaron. He's in college right now. He drove up and went with me to the game. So I had a blast hanging out with Aaron all weekend. So we went to the game, and we got there about 5.30, and, man, the stadium was already packed. Yeah. And it's open. It's general seating, so you got to find your own seats. We found pretty good seats behind the first base dugout. Uh, and they tell you, like, it's, like, smush in. Like, yeah. you grab a seat and you scoot your butt on the bleachers. Yeah, we had to, like, you know, because people were saving seats and stuff. It's hard to find where there's two open seats. But we found we found an area with two open seats right behind the first base dugout. It was awesome. So there was a lot going on the whole game. And if you guys go to Savannah Bananas TikTok, you can see what they're all about and kind of, like, the big things that they do. I'll give a couple highlights for me that happened in the game. The funniest moment of the game was uh, the Savannah Bananas every week or every time they do a game, they play the party animals. Mm -hmm. They play against the same team every time, and that's what the deal is. And so the Savannah Bananas deal is like they're all about the fan experience, and they care about the fans, and they love the fans. And the party animals deal is that they hate the fans, and they don't (laughs) care about the fans. Uh And so, like, they're the villains of the deal. Well, the party, one of the party animals' mascots was a sloth. <laughs> okay? And I first noticed the sloth in about the fourth inning. Uh-huh. And the sloth, in like a guy in a suit, was like walking at a sloth's speed. It took him three innings to like walk <laughs> down the first baseline, basically. Wait, so he's so committed during the whole okay. game <laughs> that he was he just slow moving. walking. For, like, three innings. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. crazy. So, yeah. like, every time I look over, I'm like, that's hilarious. Like, props to that guy for the commitment. And then, for me, it was the other little things. Like, the party animals. Um, like, one guy in the outfield was, like, like laying in the field, like, on his stomach, like, with his legs crossed behind him. And he was texting. Like, uh-huh. wasn't even watching. <laughs> like, watching so, if, game. like, a ball came his way, like, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't even care. know. Yeah. And then another guy was flying a kite. In the outfield, <laughs> it's like those little things. For me, it was a little things that made it hilarious because they do like a lot of big show things. Like um, a guy on stilts, you know, is like one of the pitchers and one of the hitters right. for like, you know, part of an inning. And so, you know, that's cool. But that wasn't like my thing. Was like all the little the things, little the things thing they that do. they throw in there. Yeah. They're like, if you're not watching, you like you'll miss them. Yeah. And I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um. One of the funniest moments that they do is before the game, they do like, uh, I forget what they called it, but they do like the banana reveal uh-huh. or like the b- banana taste. And they pick this like three-year-old girl from the audience. They bring her out to the middle of the field. And uh, they have this dr- super dramatic music, like Mission Impossible dramatic, like explosions type music. And the uh, uh, split who is the mascot for the Savannah Bananas, runs out on the field, and he's carrying this, like, locked briefcase out onto the field, and then they, like, unlock it and open it, and inside is a banana. And the girl has to peel the banana, Uh and then she has to taste it, and then she has to say into the mic if it's good or if it's bad. Uh And so she, like, she's, like, peeling the banana, and she's eating it, and she's chewing and taking her time, and like you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? Uh-huh. And then she goes, it's good. And then the stadium went absolutely nuts, uh-huh. <laughs> and that pretty much like kicked off the game. Oh man, that's great. Not to mention the most like hype 
speech was given before the game I think I've ever heard. And really? I was like, this is a minor, this is like a Globetrotters game. Yes, it's not even like, like minor league. It yeah. was like a boxer announcer, like giving the most hype speech I've ever heard yeah. before the game. It was awesome. That's cool. And they do all like, you know, all their stuff with, um, the only thing that they didn't do that I was like waiting for, like the whole game, I was like, oh, they're going to save it for the ninth inning. They're going to save it for the ninth inning. Was they do the like uh, flaming pitch and the flaming bat? Yeah, yeah. And they never did that. In they the did game. that the next day, but they, they didn't do it that game. Yeah. So um, we missed that. Uh, there are some different rules which make it fun. Uh, number one, it's a two-hour continuous clock. Yeah, no matter what. No matter what, and so you either play till the clock runs out or you play through nine innings. And uh, batters can't step out of the box, so they're basically like pitch. Catcher throws to the pitcher. He's winding up and pitching again. So it's it's like going. It's going. Rolling. So they're trying to get through the nine innings. Like they. Oh, really they got gone. through the nine innings. Oh, nice. Yeah, with like two minutes left. Oh, dang. And a wedding in the middle. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I witnessed the first Savannah Bananas wedding. Oh, that's cool. They took like ten minutes in the middle of the game, and uh, two people got married. That's on the field. really cool. Uh, it was cool. It was cool. They had like groomsmen and bridesmaids, and everybody show up. Um, they had a – can't remember who it was, but a retired Hall of Famer mm. pitch for an inning for the Bananas. That's cool. He was like 70-something years old and thrill, <laughs> still throwing cool. rockets. Oh, my gosh. Um, and It uh, wasn't Nolan Ryan. It was not Nolan okay. Ryan. I, was like, I can't you, remember. You, I was like, you'd probably I would, know if it if was. If it was Nolan right? Ryan, I would have been yeah, no, hyped. No, 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 baseball guy, but you know Nolan Ryan. I, I saw Mattress Mac. Oh, Lizzie there? <laughs> yeah, Mattress Mac was there. Nice. Yeah. I forgot to ask him how much he put on the bananas for this game. <laughs> yeah. But apparently one of the ladies, when we were checking our tickets, and they said that the party animals had been on a winning streak lately. Yeah, they've won like like four or five the last seven. Yeah, and the bananas won the game that I went to. Yeah, you won, like you saw the one they won oh, yeah, the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I was honestly kind of rooting for the party animals because I thought they're like the things that they did were, were funnier, funnier yeah. than the bananas. Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, I got a party animals hat. So Nice. Um, it was it was it was a good time. We had we had a blast. That's awesome. See, that's One of the rules that was really exciting is that if a fan catches a foul ball, it counts as an out. Uh huh. So many fans miss foul balls, and then like a dude caught one in like the eighth inning, and the stadium went nuts because yeah. it had happened. Like so many people had missed the foul balls, and when it finally happened, a lot of happened. pressure trying to catch it without the bounce. You know. Yeah. Um, and then they had some other. There's no walks, which was interesting. Really? So okay, there's no that. walk. So if they if you if they hit a batter or if you know they get four balls, instead of walking the plate, it's a run, and every player in the uh, outfield's team has to touch the ball before the player stops running. So, oh, so on like most if you get four balls, you start running as the hitter. Yeah, and then every player on the opposing team has to touch the ball, and then the ball is so in play. So they can throw it out, though? They can throw it, like, left field? Every person field, that right got field. walked made it to second. Oh, so you can stop wherever you can. Like, you can stop oh, okay, wherever you gotcha, can. gotcha, gotcha. Basically, what would happen is if someone got walked, the outfield would run in, and they end up at second plate, and they're tossing the ball like a oh, hot potato. Oh, that's cool. Is how they do it. That's kind of neat. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. That's cool. I'm glad you guys actually went and used the tickets. That was cool. Crazy dancing, umpire dancing. Uh-huh. I mean, they played music the whole time, even while they were hitting. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was it was, it was was fun. That's awesome. It was fun. See, that's the kind of baseball game. Like, I enjoy watching baseball, but I, I can't get into it. I just can't commit. Uh, but, like, something like that, I feel like I could go and enjoy the whole game without oh, getting dude, you distracted. You know, oh, no. I was, like, locked on to the yeah. game the whole time. Well, and even that two-hour time limit, I'm 
might have taken over too much guys. And uh, with well, with and, and there's n- there's never a missed moment. There's always multiple things going on. You know, like even while the sloth was walking and a guy's flying a kite and another guy's texting, the first base coach for the bananas was like the dancing coach. So like they're playing music the whole time. He's at first base. We're right behind him. He's like busting moves and doing all this hilarious dance moves. I mean, like no matter where you looked, there was something going on that was fun to watch. That's cool. Yeah. I would definitely go back. Yeah. 100%. I'll try to get tickets next year. Yeah, and I need to get on that list too so we can all try to get tickets. Yep. What's the biggest group of tickets you can buy? Four. four. You can only buy four tickets. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was cool. Sounds cool. So the next day, oh, Aaron and I stayed at the worst Holiday Inn I think I've ever seen. Oh, really? And Holiday <laughs> Inn's supposed to be average. That's all I was shooting for. Like, I'm not average, looking for anything right. fancy, but, man, this thing was horrible. Why? I Houston? Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of, a Houston Holiday Inn. Because it was in Sugarland, right? It was in Sugarland, yeah. It was just... Bad. It was just gross, man. Really? And like parts of the elevator were falling apart. Oh, oh my no. god! And then I wanted to get ice, but he got back. And I was like, man, I really want some ice. So that ice machine on our floor. Uh-huh. So was I walk it, over. Was it the Scooby kind or like the dumping kind? The dumping kind. Okay. So I go over and it's not working. So I'm like, okay. So I take the stairs down to the third floor. We're on the fourth floor. I walk there. They have one. It's not working. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm like, ah, oh, man, I really want. At this point, I had a decision to make. Do I go back up and just not go after ice yeah. or? Do I continue my trek downward and try to find out? So I'm like, uh-huh. I'm continuing down. So I walk the stairs, and I'm taking the stairs because I don't want to have to freaking wait on the elevator just to go down one floor. So I like walk all the way down, around, down the stairs, go back. Second floor, no ice machine. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh. Walk down to the first floor, mm-hmm. and it kicks me out at the street. Oh. The, 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 the stairs kick me out the street. Have I pee? have to walk all the way around the hotel <laughs> to go in the front door, and the dude that had just checked us in, he's like, dude, it's on the sixth floor. <laughs> I'm like, so I had to take the elevator. Wait, did you have the ice bucket? I had the you? ice okay, bucket with right. me. He knew. <laughs> he <right>. Yes. <laughs> Inside with the, the ice bucket. Door with the ice bucket. <laughs> I had to take it up to the sixth floor, and then I caught the elevator back down to the first, first floor. So I almost hit every floor <laughs> on my search for ice. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's hilarious, yeah. though. But other than, uh, that is a funny story, but the hotel was trashy. Yeah. I was like, Holiday Inn. Okay, on average. Two star or three star, two and a half star, whatever. I'm cool with that. This was like a .5 star Holiday Inn. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. A lot of times you don't care. You just want a place to sleep. But if it's like that, you're like, well. You start to question the place that you're sleeping. That's yes. the thing. Yeah. Like, like, when you like, start uh, thinking, well, when it's like that, too, you start thinking, like, uh, maybe they have bed bugs. Yeah, and then you start to like, think of weird, like, yeah, eh. Exactly. All I need the, something that's, like, at least clean. While they're filming you, you know. Yeah. And then it was like a sh- one of those rooms with like a shared door next door, so oh, we were like double checking oh, that the doors no. locked. Yep. And she was like giving a Scantron test because we kept hearing her talk about like on a Zoom meeting, like make sure you fill in your Scantrons all the way. I'm like, man, that's weird. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the next day we went to NASA. This was on Saturday. We went to oh, NASA. Oh, NASA's so much fun. It's NASA cool. was a blast. I love NASA. Like, have you been there before? I have been there before. I was in high school the last time I went, so it's been a decade since I've been there. Yeah. They there are some major upgrades. Oh, really? Um it's been probably it's honestly it's probably been like 20 years since I've been there. So they have the the independence is there now. Okay. So what they have now is I think it's a 747 if I remember correctly that would carry those independence like shuttles like the Challenger and the independence like that. 
class of shuttle, they would fly them from California to Houston for the launch on the mm. back of a 747. Gotcha, yeah. So what they did is that since the 747 is out of commission, and obviously those shuttles are now out of commission, they have it set up there where the Independence was mounted on top of the 747, and they have platforms to walk up. And you could walk Ooh. through the 747, and you could walk through two levels of the Independence. So you Wait, actually you got actually to go, go through. in to the shuttle and check it out from the inside. That's cool. And they have, like, displays, and you could see, like, the cockpit and all of that stuff. That was probably the coolest part. They also have a Fal- they had a Falcon 9 there which is the SpaceX shuttle that lands itself. They had the original one oh, that cool. did the self-landing um, on display there. Those are outside displays. And then they have like the all the inside displays, which have changed. And then Aaron and I did a tour to the astronaut training facility. Mm. So they like shuttled us over there. The we didn't actually pool and everything, or say that again. Like with like the, gi- the giant pool and everything. Like, did you guys see that? Or we did not see the pool. It was like basically like uh, redesigned parts of the shuttle mm-hmm. where they go and it's like I guess like computerized oh, training. Oh yeah, cool. And so, um, uh, but you don't actually get to walk through the floor, obviously. So they have like the stairway that goes upstairs, and then you're like kind of on the top level and you look down oh, onto cool. it. And so they tell you about it as you're like walking through, and you can check out everything that's going on. That's awesome. How so long, how long did you have to wait in line to walk through the Independence? Uh, not at all. Really? Now, um, I imagine that would have been a long line. So when we went through, we pretty much walked straight through the 747 part. And then we got to the lower level of the independence. And we pretty much went straight in. And then the upper level is just a small section. Uh. It's just the cockpit, basically, and like a little bit behind it. And so that was more congested because... It's everyone uh, just trying to look in, right? That well, and it's the same inter- the entrance and the exit are the same so you couldn't make a loop oh. so people had to go in and you kind of had to wait for them to come out and then gotcha. you could go in but we really didn't like no more than 5 or 10 minutes it took us longer to get into freaking NASA than it did to look wow. anything this the tours were scheduled so we just went up oh. to the desk as part of your ticket price they automatically schedule them for you no 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 so as part of your ticket you can do one of two or both tours but you can only schedule one at a time oh, okay. so we opted for the um for the astronaut training facility as opposed to the uh, – it's another shuttle that's in a building. Um, the treehouse? It was like the Apollo-style mm. shuttles. They have, like, one of those in a metal building, so you could go and check that out. We opted for the astronaut training facility because we saw the Independence in the 747, thought that was cool enough for yeah. for that. Um, but you walk up to the customer service counter, and since you have a ticket, they'll give you, okay, the next time that you can sign up for is such and such time, they give you a card, and then you just walk up to, like, this other area, hand them your card, and then a shuttle drives you over there. Mm. And then you get on the same shuttle back. That's so it was super easy. Yeah. Sounds like they've got it down. They have it down. Yeah. Dude, it was packed, too. Um, then they have, like, a lot of, uh, in, inside the main area, they have, like, a lot of, um, you know, displays and, like, NASA history and stuff that was cool to see. And uh, they have a big display for the Artemis, which is the next phase that's going to the moon. And, like, 2026 is the goal f- to land on the moon again and kind of set up, like, a facility there. Oh, that's cool. Like a research lab. Yeah, and it's, like, uh, SpaceX and uh, NASA, NASA combined. combined. Yeah. So they had, like, um, a lot of cool information there about that. And they had, like, a big theater where you could go and watch films that they put together. And they do um, 
you know, meet an astronaut where an astronaut actually goes and talks. And they so they had like that booked out all day with all different kinds of stuff that you could go watch. So it was cool. I the only, I wish it wasn't as busy as it was because, man, it was. Well, you guys went spring break weekend. Spring like, break weekend on a Saturday. Several of my students went to NASA last week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, I know more than, like, obviously, you know. Oh, dude, it was it A was lot nuts. of people do that over but spring break. But it was Saturday. He had never been. It's a oh, day it's we had worth, to go. It's worth going. So it was one yeah, of the, one of those cool. things. But, man, it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Cool Zach. Stuff. Tell us about you were telling us about your recent purchase of a lawnmower. Oh, yeah. So, oh. so I, uh, I I struggled. My dad gave me an old gas powered lawnmower. Like you know, I bought a house. My dad was like, "Here's this old lawnmower." And I was like, "Great." He's like, "I've never got it to run." And I'm like, "Oh man, if you can't get it to run," I'm, he's like, "But he's also like, I didn't try really hard." I was like, "Okay." So, my first mistake is I put two year old gas inside the engine. Oh, perfect. So it's practically water gas at that point. You know, and, um, but you know, oddly enough, I actually got started with that gas the first time. So I mowed my yard one time with my lawnmower and then like, you know, a couple months, it was winter, so it doesn't really grow. And then like a month ago or probably three weeks ago, I'm like, okay, I need to mow my grass. So I'm trying to get that started. And I honestly, I tried for probably four or five hours and that's with going back and forth to Lowe's, Home Depot, getting starter fluid, getting different gas cleaners. So can I give you a tip? Uh Uh-huh. I'm not, so... Back when I was mowing my yard, mm-hmm. I had a gas mower, uh-huh. and it stopped working. So I paid for this guy to repair it because I couldn't figure it out. I did the same thing, uh-huh. back and forth to Home Depot, Lowe's, like trying all these different things. I drained the gas, right. all of that. Couldn't get it, to, couldn't get it figured out. And so um, uh, I had this guy come and repair it. It probably cost me like 80 bucks, whatever. He repaired it, and he's like, here's what you need to do to prevent it from not starting while you have it all winter is you need to run it for, like, five minutes at least once a week. No way. Yeah, and because what he was saying is that the gas breaks down, like, the uh, the seals in there if it sits. Mm-hmm. And so that was what the, the reason that mine wouldn't start was because one of the seal gaskets had, yeah. like, busted. Well, and the, so and what happens, too, is that the gas actually breaks down and corrodes yeah. inside the carburetor pan. You know, so I took it a little part a little bit. I tried to clean it out. I still couldn't get it to work. And Kendall was like, we have a gift card. Like, you've been talking about getting a, a, a battery-powered lawnmower. Like, if you can't get it started, just just do it. You know, just get it. And so I couldn't get it started. And so I did. I bought it. But craziest thing is, I'm looking. I'm like, uh, so I ended up getting a Ryobi, right? Yep. They're pretty known for their electric lawnmowers. And it's a pretty good brand. Like, I, I looked a lot. All my tools are Ryobi. Right. I love it. I do, and I looked at a lot of good reviews. And they're stuff. affordable man's tool. Right, they're <laughs> perfect, they're great. So I look at this one, and I'm like, oh, this is it, this is the one, and they had a sale. It was like regularly $3.99, it was $2.99, right? So I'm like, I'm going to use my, my gift card online, I'm going to buy it, I'm just going to go to the store and pick it up, because only one store had it in San Antonio, right? And it says $2.99. So I'm like, if I ship it to my local Home Depot and pick it up in two days, it's $2.99. I'm like, well, I'm going to go ahead and just purchase it online and pick it up at the other store so I can go get it right now. I put it in my cart. I select pick up at this store that's literally 10 minutes away from my home instead of five minutes away, and the price jumps to $3.99. And I'm like, wait, this is weird, right? So I, I X out of HomeDepots.com. I do it all over again. Same exact thing. It goes from $2.99 to $3.99 the second I select that store, right? Hmm. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's a computer glitch. So I'm going to drive over there, you know, pick it up. Surely 
they're not going to charge me $3.99 for it, right? So I get there. I kind of walk around. I notice that the model I'm looking at is actually like last year's model, and it's just been replaced. So that's why it's discounted. But they have that one kind of in the back. And so I'm like, hey, I see this model that I would like. I see you guys have like three in stock. But when I try to buy it, the price jumps up $100, you know. And the manager tells me, that's a convenience fee for being able to leave with it right now. A convenience fee? From the exact $100 place. What the From hell? From Home Depot. So I told him, I told her, I was like, wait. I honestly did. Because I was like flabbergasted. I was like, wait. So you're telling me that if I don't want to pay $100 more, I can go to my car, buy it online, and pick it up in two days from the Home Depot that's actually close to my house. And she was like, yep, yeah, that's what you got to do. What the? And I was I, like, you have it right here. You're telling me I'm not leaving with it today if I don't want to pay the $100 more. She was like, no, nothing I can do. Wait, this is the manager. Yes, that the has, manager. Did you say I would sh- like? Did you did you say I would like to price match your own website, please? I did not. Because <laughs> most people, because most people do price match. You're like, yeah. oh, I'd like to price match, and you pull up their own website where it says right. two ninety. I know. Well, and the thing I couldn't believe too is that, like, realistically, what probably happened is I went in my because what happened? What happened? I left. I got in my car and I bought it for two ninety nine. You know. And I picked it up two days later. But you know what probably happened is somebody in that store was the closest one, went, packed it up, shipped it across town, and then I got it for $100 less in 48 hours. That's ridiculous. So honestly, I could not. Now, if it was another store or if it was Amazon or something, I guess I could see paying convenience fee. But I could not imagine that a model that was already being replaced that I could easily buy for $100 less for the from the exact same store did not let me leave with it that day. You know, online That's shopping. That's crazy. I'm, I know. I'm not trying to take the, the spotlight away from your lawnmower story because that, like, I'm, like, pissed off for you. Right? This was so was, this was I, I was so mad. I was like, can you believe what they just did? Like convenience. Okay, so Look, I went to. I, I'm not about being mean, mean to retail employees. Listen, sometimes but, it's, it's justified. Uh, but That's why I wasn't. I, I try not. I was I, like. The, the way on, online <laughs> shopping is so weird. I went to buy. I was buying poster frames, right, mm-hmm. to to decorate a game room. So I look on the Michaels website, and this isn't near as like catastrophic as yours. But I look on the Michaels website, and it was like, you can buy them online for fifty percent off. I was like, okay, so I can go in the store. Maybe they'll be fifty percent off there. No, the thing is, you have to buy it online and pick up in store same day uh-huh. to get fifty percent off. I can't walk into the store to get fifty percent off. <laughs> But if I buy it online and picked up same day, uh-huh. I get fifty percent off. None of this this shit doesn't make any that sense. D- to it me. does not make any no. sense anymore. Like no. it's the same thing as your lawnmower situation. I'd be a lot more pissed in your situation. Though, oh man, I was so mad. I honestly, dude, I was like, I, was like, I just gotta leave because otherwise I'm gonna say something I'm gonna regret. Like yeah. it's gonna be so bad. And it was the old model, right? So if you're gonna pay three ninety nine, you would have just gotten the new one, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and the new one was like three forty nine or something like that too. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not. It's the exact same model. I'm just gonna, you know. They changed the color. That's literally what they did. So, Dude, well, that is wild. I it's could not. I honestly, I could not believe it. I was like, it's a convenience fee from your own store? You know what's even more ridiculous about it is, okay, they had charged you $100 convenience fee mm-hmm. to take it that day, right? Well, instead, you bought it for two ninety-nine or $100 less, whatever the number was. Now they're paying somebody hourly, which is probably taking their sweet time because it's retail. Trust yep, me. I yep. know how retail works. You, you milk it. Taking their sweet time. <laughs> 
using boxes and tape and packaging and all that, yeah. and, and then using ink from the printer to print the label and then shipping it. There's a hundred dollars right there. Oh probably. yeah. I mean, let's be real. That's yeah, exactly. They honestly, they morons. They could have just given me that lawnmower. I would have walked out of there. And I would never said anything about it. Yeah, it would have been great because I would have been happy because I do like the lawnmower. And this was the lawnmower manager. Cool. This was yes. the manager. Yeah, and now I, you know, Home Depot has like six managers who work every time. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, one of the managers told me that. I was like, convenience uh, fee. Did you say that I would like to speak to your manager? No, I didn't say that. Because I had already gone to that manager. Like, I had already asked somebody up front, and they're like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, I don't know what they're going to be able to do. Home Depot sucks. <laughs> this is like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's their name, Zach? Let's hear their name. Give them a shout out. No, no, they were cool. They were cool. They, they honestly, they got it. They're yeah, like, they they're like dude, they're like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but I don't think they're going to be able to do And I was like, all right. I was like, hey, you know, can I speak to the manager to just see what happens, you know? And they're like, okay, we'll go get them. God, I, that sounds like laziness to me more than anything. Honestly. Like, they didn't want to well, fill out the paperwork to mark it down. Now they had to work twice as hard, you know. Yeah. So, Idiots. it was, it, oh, man. Yeah, so when I said I had a story. Now, that being said, everybody I, in the world should get a battery-powered lawnmower because it is freaking awesome. But not can you mow Home your? Depot. Can you mow your own can you mow your lawn in one charge? Yes. My now I will say my lawn is probably half the size of yours. Yeah, I have a big You yard. have a huge backyard. You would probably need one and a half batteries to get so it. So I'd have to buy an extra battery. Yeah. Or does it come with two batteries? It came with one. So I, I got the forty volt one. So the Ryobi makes one that runs off of your um eighteen volt batteries. Yeah, but that wouldn't last for it. Yeah. So but no, but the thing is either. that one has two battery ports. So you plug two eighteen volts and it comes with both. You plug both of them in, and Ooh, then... Ooh, and I have a bunch of those batteries, so right. you could just rotate them through. Yeah. The one I bought, though, is a 40-volt, so it's a bigger battery. It's probably... I don't know. I don't know what the size of that is. A brick? A brick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's the size of a brick. And so... <laughs> I had a... Man, I was... I was Really struggling to come up with an, <laughs> of like an item that's about the size of a brick. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But it, it's, uh, it has... Two spots for batteries, so you can actually charge two and put both of them in, and then it'll, it'll alert you, and you can swap. But, dude, it works so well. Here's a question. How easy is it to get new blades? Really easy. Yeah? Yeah, and, like, to take them off in the bottom is super easy. Is it, like, the same kind of blade? No, because those are pretty heavy, right? So the electric would ha need a lighter blade? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. And so you need uh, – they have two different options. One's, like, if you prefer mulching versus if you prefer bagging, you can buy different okay. blades for it and stuff. Cool. Now, cool. it came with a bag that has, like, a little electric sensor to let you know if it's not in right. It has, like, a little mulching sensor, so you can just do that instead. Um, it starts, like, super easy. You just push a button and pull the lever. Dude, and it weighs nothing. Like, granted – my lawn, my lawn is. I have a good sized lawn, but I don't have a huge lawn, you know. And what it's just, it works so well. What for size it. blade does it have? Um, twenty inch, I believe. Okay. Now they, I will say, the one that runs off eighteen volt is like a sixteen or a fourteen inch blade. Uh, no, that's no. Like you might as well use a weed eater. Honestly, yeah. Did you get an electric weed eater as well? So no, I have a corded weed eater, and eventually I am going to get there. Weed eater blower combo, so I can just run everything off the same system. But I only needed this right now. Is it the same batteries that run the lawnmower? Yeah, they have like uh, I think they have like fifty or sixty different tools that run off the forty volt. Oh wow! Yep. So wow. well, Dude. and I know Ryobi too. And the reason I bought the tools I have 
is because they never changed their ports. Mm-hmm. So, we're like, old batteries will work on the new tools. Yeah. And so, even if they update the tools and come out with newer models, they're still, the batteries that you've invested in are still going to run. That's, that's a smart thing for them to do, yeah. honestly. That's what I'm saying. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the average man. They're, think, they're yeah. thinking you about know, the, the customer. The home they do. They, yeah, they think about they've it. Got, they've got small wallets in mind. When yes. They make this stuff. And that keeps <laughs> that keeps you going back, though. Yeah. But, yep. dude, freaking love battery-powered lawnmowers. It's probably all I ever use from here on out. It's How great. was spring training and the World Baseball Classic? Dude, one of the best trips Kim and I have taken. Like, it was so much fun. Is this your first time going? It was. Okay. Right. And so, like, people know I'm a huge baseball fan. Like, baseball is my number one sport. I can, like, honestly, from November to March, all I do is sit there and think about the next season of baseball. And so, um, Kendall and I have been talking about going to spring training for a few years now, and we finally, we had a little credit for Southwest. We finally made it work. And when we first booked our ticket, I actually forgot that the baseball classic was going on. And so I was a little bummed because I was like, oh, dang, like all the players we want to see are going to be playing for their countries. And so I was just scrolling around, and it was like, oh, the four cities the World Baseball Classic is going to be in is Phoenix, Miami, a city in Taiwan, and Tokyo. And I was like, wait, so, okay. I was like, this is, like, a huge coincidence. Maybe they'll have a World Baseball Classic game there, and we can go see. And sure enough, the entire week we're there, the entire pool play is happening. And so Monday night, we f- or Monday we fly in, we get our hotel. It was not the same situation you had. We had a nice Hilton that uh well hilton duh <laughs> but it's, it's actually cheaper than than holiday inn is it is hilton cheaper than holiday yes, inn? every time i look at it and i have a better experience every time but um anyway so we go we go to <laughs> we go to the world baseball classic monday night we see usa play against canada funny enough one of my students was there so i got to see him and say hi to him and his dad so that was cool and um uh, was weird in the pool play of the World Baseball Classic, if a team is up 10 runs by the seventh inning, the game is over. So USA went up 10 runs over Canada. We beat them like 12-1 uh, to 1 or 12-2, to 2, I believe. And um, so the game was over seventh inning. We went home. And then Tuesday we woke up. We drove to the Giants spring training. So if you don't know how spring training works, half of the teams, pretty much the West 15 teams go to Phoenix the Eastern 15 teams go to Florida. And Florida is a little more spread out than the Phoenix one. It's over, like, larger distances, bigger cities. Whereas Phoenix, everything is pretty much, like, within 25 or 30 minutes of Phoenix. Um, so we were there. We were going to see a Giants game, a Padres game, and a Rangers game. Uh, my team's the Giants, and Kendall's is the Rangers. But we weren't going to be able to go to – Giants actual stadium because every team there has their own stadium. It's like a microscopic version of like their real stadiums. So we go to the Giants. Wait, stadium. so they own their own stadium? Yes. That they do their spring training. Yes. Game. That's weird. And a lot of teams share one. So like uh, Rockies and uh, Diamondbacks share a stadium. Uh, the Royals and the t- uh, Rangers share a stadium. Uh, Giants own their own stadium. So we go there because... Well, Lottie freaking dog. We're <laughs> from San Francisco, <laughs> man. And so we get there. Uh, we go to the Giant Stadium. We take pictures and stuff. And what's cool is the morning before... Their game started about 1 o'clock. We got there at 11. And all of the players are at their stadium warming up, 
bat, taking batting practice, tossing the ball around. There's um, a lot of their like uh, guys in their system are coming over signing baseballs for kids. Like everyone's just there, and like the people who work there and the people who are there, like everybody there is just a baseball fan. So like honestly, everyone's so nice. They're so welcoming and just like, hey, yeah, like this is what you can do. You know, this is where you can go. They're super helpful, and so then. We drive over to um, the pod. Uh, no, sorry, the Diamondback Stadium, which we were seeing the Giants play the Diamondbacks, and because they're in Phoenix, their their stadium is huge. It was the coolest spring training stadium I've ever seen. It was connected to a casino and it was massive. Um, but we get there and we're out on the Giants side dugout. That's where our seats were, and the Giants players come out, and um, the guys, the people who work there, are very much like, "Hey." If you're an adult, like, you can be here, obviously, but, like, the priority is that the kids get their signatures. You know, the kids are the ones that the players are really here for. And so um, you have a couple of, like, autograph hounds who, like, literally have a duffel bag full of unsigned baseballs who are just like, will you sign this, will you sign this, will you sign this? And I don't, like, nobody wants to be that guy, you know? And so, like, all the players coming out, sign the kids' balls. There's a couple of players who I would have liked to get, like, either I had brought some baseball cards, too, um, and, but I'm also like, I don't want to like step over a kid because like, it's neat to get his autograph, but also like, it's not like a life changing memory most of the time. Like uh-huh. it is for a kid, you know? And like Mikey Ostrimski came out and it was cool just like talking with him, but he didn't really like, I didn't really throw my ball over a kid to get him to sign it. Um, but then somebody, uh, Kendall was like, Hey, Hunter Pence is down over there. And if you don't know, Hunter Pence used to play for the Giants, then he, Played for the Rangers for like one year, and then went back to the Giants, and they retired about two years ago. But he was my favorite player. Like when I was in college, really start like falling in love with baseball. That was like the player. Like I loved him. He played for the Giants. He won several World Series with the Giants, and um, he's just like a really personable guy. So I was like, okay, if I'm gonna f- fight for one autograph, that's gonna be the one. So couldn't like go over there, and um, there's a huge group around him because he was kind of like a giant staple. And <clears throat> I'm like, hey, uh, Hunter Pence, I know your buddy. I'm like, hey, Hunter, I know your buddy, uh, Jeremy Felt. He owns a brewery out in Texas. I was like, he even has some of your stuff there, you know. And uh, he was like, no way. He was like, yeah, down in, down in Texas, you know, because I, I was like, you know, it's down in Bernie. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, and we've been to your coffee shop in Houston, Coral Sword. And I even bought some magic cards and a board game, you know. And at that point, he was like, no way, you've been there. And that's when, like, I had my ball up, and he grabbed my ball, and he signed it for me. And, uh, and Kendall was like, do you mind if we take a selfie? He was like, no way. So me and him talked a little bit about, uh, like, magic cards and stuff like that. And then he took a selfie with us, and then uh, we kind of left. But that was, like, he was, like, one of my favorite players for years and years. So to see him even there, and I didn't think he was going to be there, to get him to sign a ball for me, it was just, like, the best day ever, and Ken and I got a selfie with them. So nice. it was, it was so cool. That's cool that you got to like make a connection with him. Too. Yeah, it wasn't just yeah. here sign my ball. It was like no. you guys got to talk and, and like yeah, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, like awesome. honestly, that was that was the highlight of my trip. And even Kendall because he played for the Rangers for the year too, and so he kind of has this weird connection to both of our teams. Um, so that was awesome. And then uh, Wednesday was kind of rainy, uh, but the Ranger Stadium is like thirty. It's the furthest west stadium. And so it was just getting drizzle. So we were actually able to see their game. And every other spring training game was canceled that day, except for the Rangers. Mm. So we were able to see um, 
them play, and we had home plate tickets, and so Kendall was really excited that it wasn't canceled because we, that was, like, our best seat of the week, you know. And um, we were going to go to the Padres game that evening, but it did end up getting canceled, so we only saw three games. But we can't complain. We are planning on going back within the next two or three years just because of how much fun it was. And it was just, as a baseball fan, it's like a baseball fan's paradise. Like, you you have connection to players. You can talk to the players. But also, like, everybody there is just, like, people who love baseball and love being in the community of it. So Yeah, that's cool. It was awesome. Long-winded, but. Harris. Yes. We went to a certain brewery over the weekend. We did. Fill me in. Guys, listen. Here in a few weeks, there's a brewery in New Braunfels called Faust. Not Faust Street, but Faust It's brewery, Faust Brewing Co. Right? Yeah. Oh I was corrected my. multiple times by you calling it Faust, Faust Street yeah. no, Brewing. This. But it's Faust Brewing Co. Uh-huh. This beer, It's in New Braunfels. Mm-hmm. Nectar of the Gods. Amazing. What kind of beers do you guys have? Um, what... I don't even remember. There were four different you had ones. A red a cre- you, had a cre- you had a red cream ale. Yep, there was there was a ooh, one. a red cream ale. Yeah. It was, it was, I liked it. it was Landon didn't like it. Landon, <sighs> but Landon doesn't like beer. I don't take his yeah, opinion on that. You're dumb. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The Pilsner was... Wait, wait. Was okay, good. okay, okay. Mm. You're saying... Okay, out of all the beers, you're saying the Pilsner was the best. Yes, I do. still do not agree with your beer opinion. No, it was he's 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 ridiculous. It was the red cream was good. There was the pilsner and there was two others. What were the two? There was others? a honey wheat, honey wheat, and then there was Ooh. an alt. The honey uh, wheat was good, but the pilsner was better. Yeah, and there was another one that I never tried. Yeah, it was an alt something. It was like as black as my phone, like it was dark. Ooh. Oh, but it was good. It was I like, like a dark almost beer. like a tobacco flavor too. Really? Yeah, okay. it was amazing. That sounds really good. And the venue is cool. The 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 beer garden. It's not completely finished yet, but it's... They're still construct- finishing out construction, yeah. but... Yeah, we got a sneak preview of it. That's cool. And why did we go there for a sneak preview? Because that is where the Ironfly is going to be. Do we have a date for that? October 21st. 21st. So everybody... You should know. You shouldn't have to ask that. No, I, I was saying for the listeners. Oh. Well, we way, actually <laughs> planned that, saying that in sync like that. Oh, really? We knew you were going to ask that oh, question. really? Oh, right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. Yeah. We were waiting. It's all, it's all we were waiting. Forget. We finished each other's <laughs> sentences now. <laughs> <laughs> Since you've been gone. I'm gone for know. two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good so, stuff. It's a cool place. It's very, it's massive. So it should definitely hold... Plenty of people. I it was, say it was, it was bigger massive. than I expected. When you pull up, it's it just looks like it's that that dome building. Yeah, but there's there's it's so all many outdoor. Other, like, it's passages. it's mainly outdoor. They're building a stage right now for like live music. Oh, that's cool. But they have a like a, a large outdoor seating area, yeah. and they have an inside bar. And well, they're going to build a restaurant oh later yeah. on, the but that's going to be after. Now, are they pu- open to the public right now? No. April first. April first. Okay. First day of real recovery. Oh. Yeah, so that's okay. That's okay. I we'll go got later. My, I got my grand opening. Man, I want. My I got grand. the taste. We got it the, all. Yeah, we got the private tour. He showed yeah. us how he makes beer. I got my first bald man sunburn. Look at that. <laughs> hey, I was hey. wondering what happened. Yeah, yeah. I wore my hat backwards, and we got back, and Lou was like, "What's up? What happened to your head?" I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh, I got a big no. red square on my forehead now." Oh, it's well. not. It's like a dome. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's a shape. <laughs> it's, it's, okay. a shape. it's a red shape. Well, pretty soon it'll be a tan shape, so that's nice. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It was cool, man. I'm excited for that place to open. It's going to be awesome. That is really, really cool. Yeah. I'm glad you guys went there. No, oh, it was great. Yeah. But we kind of made plans and like yeah. kind of scoped it out, what our ideas were. Trying like to how to set things up and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Just, just brainstorming. 
So Iron Fly is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. We're going to pack the place out. It's going to be the greatest Iron Fly you've ever seen. Exactly. And what is an Iron Fly again? Where you, it's a flight time contest for beginners and experts alike. Like it's, there's no, uh, what do you call that? Like classes. Everybody ties against each other no matter what. Because right. it's not exactly about tying actual flies. Right, because we give you a bucket of random objects. Yes, it could be fly tying materials. It could be Cabbage Patch doll heads. You never know. Oh. It could be Halloween mm. wigs. It could be my parents' Pomeranian's tail hair. Oh, there you go. No idea. You don't know. Call it a pom pom. Ooh. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh. That's a good idea. Yeah, actually it is. What the Pomeranian tail hair? Yeah. Yeah. I could probably sell that on the Honey Hole website. Hey man. Hey. 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 Uh, anyway, it's gonna but be cool. We la- is cool. Yeah, we laid eyes on it, made some plans. So October twenty first, mark your calendars. More <laughs> info to come. But just go ahead and put it on your calendar. Get ready for the fly tying competition. Of the ages. It's going to be... Aerosmith is going to be there, actually. <laughs> it will not be there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Aerosmith will not be there. <laughs> <laughs> you kept saying that the whole time. We were like, it'd be so cool if Aerosmith was there. <laughs> you kept saying that all night. The whole time. Can we so get... What's it going to hey take man, to get Aerosmith? If you can dream it, it's possible, all right? What yeah. is that? The field of dreams, right? If you build it, they will come. Hey! Yeah. See? Yeah, I know a little baseball stuff. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we build a stage and Aerosmith the club? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's how it works. Yeah. It happened on Wayne's World. It did. Right? Yeah. They're trying to do um, like a new like Woodstock, right? Wayne stock. Well, this is going to be Honeystock. I don't know. That was my idea. I don't know if we landed on a name. I don't think they like that idea. Honeystock? Let us know, guys. Do you like Honeystock? Or if you have another name for the Ironfly. Yeah. Help us out here. (laughs) Just not the Honey Pot. I don't want it to be a Winnie the Pooh episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and people will show up without pants. That'll be a whole thing. <laughs> uh, it'll be an eventful night. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. There's going to be other things than flight tying, too. I think we, we've kind of bounced around the idea of like a, a casting competition for kids. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. We're trying like to do some, do, trying to throw some, some other things in there. Some random, you know, make it a, a more than a two-hour event. Make it to where you come at, you know. Whatever time you want. Yeah, you come whatever, maybe, you know, and you have some fun. You don't just tie flies. You hang out, you party, you play some. Maybe there's a couple games there or whatever. Chess. Yeah, you guys can play me in chess. Yeah. I'll have a booth where I'm just playing rock, paper, scissors against people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> People have to pay a dollar, and the dollar goes to real recovery, <laughs> exactly. and they get to play you. I don't, paper, I don't say anything. If you win, I get your dollar still. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. You just play me. You get <laughs> you get bragging rights if you win. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I won't even say anything. I'll set Wait, my hands so ready to just, go. You just don't speak at all. You just play the game. Exactly. And right, hey man, there's everyone knows the rules. There's no instructions. And right next to the rock paper scissors booth, Harris is going to be manning the kissing booth. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's five five I, five bucks a pop. Uh, ten actually. Ten okay. Ten. So if you don't kiss him, you just watch him kiss. It's, it's a little weird. Y- yeah, you watch me kiss. Uh, <laughs> uh blow up doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take your fist. Yeah. Fist. Yes. Fist. yes. Oh, but see, uh, whatever. We'll just, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just stop. <laughs> stop. Stop. Peachy guys. Peachy. <laughs> <sighs> I think it's going to be cool. I'm excited. I'm nervous. It is going to be fun. Yeah. 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 It is going to be fun, though. Lots of changes coming. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Hey, man, change is exciting. Change is good. 
I think it's good. I it's it's exciting to be like thinking about the stuff and like maybe some changes to the podcast, do the Iron Flight. It's exciting. It's energizing. We've been all putting a lot of work in. Um, but it's also a little nerve wracking. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's not like anything bad can come from it, right? <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a laughing thing. It's not laughing. I at think all. a dare could list a. I think a dare could come up with a list. He's Nothing pretty good at. Bad could happen at I'm all. A, I'm a realist. I'm actually <laughs> using. I'm usually an idealist, but whatever. Same thing. <laughs> I'm gonna screenshot these uh, responses to our Instagram so we can table them for next week. Because we have to get to our Trout Fest interview, yeah, with casting for recovery. Oh man, yeah, Gabe and I sat on that one. I wasn't there, so I'm excited. This is this will be an episode that I re-listen to. Yep. Because I didn't get to sit in on this interview. Yeah. You and Gabe did it at Trout Fest, so tell us, give us a little bit of a teaser. So casting for recovery. Is the women's equivalent of real recovery. Yeah. And so they take women with cancer or have had cancer on fishing retreats. And Zach and Gabe talk to them about what their retreat is we like. Just, yeah, we talked to them about the retreat. And Gabe has been a volunteer for quite a few of the retreats. And so um, they kind of connected over, you know, what it's like to go on a retreat, how, how to volunteer if you'd like, what it's like to be a part of one. Um, but also, like, casting for recovery is just like – Really involved. They're at almost every single event that we go to, and um, man, they're just they're. Uh, it's a fun. I feel like <laughs> when we were at Oktoberfish, we had a booth right next to them, and we hit it off, and we just had a great time yeah. chatting with them the whole time, and uh, and so <laughs> it was just it was fun to catch up with them and, and talk to them about the, what they do. Cool. All right, guys, we're gonna move over to the interview. Wait. And, oh, wait. Okay. Before we end it. Just want to say, guys, keep your eyes out for more content on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. We're doing fly tying videos, gear reviews. Lunch money fly tying video will be out by the time this podcast is released. Oh, yes. Nice. Oh, yes. And hey, if, get on TikTok while you can. We don't know how long it's going to be in America. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really? Because exactly. we've had explosive growth on TikTok. Yeah. Well, that's just that's so that's the way it works. In, 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 <laughs> we'll take off on TikTok and then Instagram. Shut it down. <laughs> Instagram, we're having to pay about five dollars per follower, and TikTok, they're just handing them out for free. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Gotta give wow. me some of that TikTok. Yeah. I need a. That was a joke, but TikTok. I was gonna say I need your job, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. No. So so no. Seriously, is before we move on to the interview, is TikTok not gonna be a thing? What's the deal? That's it's. It's never. It, nobody really knows nobody, what's happening. Nobody knows. That's just. See, I don't know. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Oh, really? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll talk about it off air. But yeah, <laughs> it, it might not be a thing tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm curious to see what's going on. Yeah. All right, guys. Anyway, go like, follow, subscribe. You know all the good stuff. Yeah. On TikTok. Yeah. On TikTok. <laughs> Only on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Now here's our interview with Casting for Recovery. Hey, guys. Good morning. It is. Welcome, then it is, but welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. It has been a busy morning. We are still in the first day of Trout Fest 2023. Um, it's been a busy morning already. It is myself, Gabe, to my right. I've got Zach, and to Zach's left, Susan Gates. Perfect. Okay. Always, is always saying it back. Susan your background, um, we know each other through uh, Casting for Recovery and, and my involvement as a, a volunteer, but give us a little background with yourself, how you got started, and yeah. Sure. I, um, I was a photographer in a previous career, and um, 
I learned about casting for recovery, and I actually pitched a photo essay story to the American Medical Association. And they sent me to Vermont to photograph this retreat, and it was published in one of their journals. And from that experience, I started volunteering for casting for recovery, and that was 20-something years ago. Wow. So I had a complete career shift after that into nonprofit. And then, and your level now, like what you're handling, the yeah. director. I feel like you do like everything. <laughs> I think I kind of do. I think that's typical of nonprofits. You wear a lot of hats. I'm currently the national program director, so I oversee all of our retreats nationwide. Mm -hmm. This year in 2023, we're going to host 52 retreats um, all over the country for women who've experienced breast cancer any time in their life. And I started off as a, as a volunteer photographer, like I mentioned, and then I started the program here in Texas as a volunteer. I went to work for the national office and then just kind of evolved into overseeing everything nationwide. But I'm still super passionate about what goes on here in Texas. How long has the Texas one been up and running? Since 2005, so 18 years. It's, it's completely bookended by... I was incredibly pregnant at the first retreat, and this year my daughter's leaving for college. <laughs> oh, my god! So people come up here at Trout Fest, and they're like, weren't you really pregnant at the first retreat, and you're still with Casting for? I'm like, yep, and she's going to college. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how I can figure that timeline of how long I've been uh, volunteering and working with the Texas program here. But now it's, it's so much bigger than when we started. It was yeah. kind of one of those... We've got a barn, let's put on a show. We didn't really know what we were doing in the beginning. And now we've got two completely different retreat teams um, doing outreach and fundraising in North and then Central and South Texas and lots of community support. The fly fishing community is super generous. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, you know, we're, we're established. We've made lots of inroads, and um, it's great. Yeah, now we, we met... Um and actually, during my cancer stuff, right around that time, uh, I had a really close fishing buddy, uh, Daniel, and his time at, at, at that time, his wife, Allison. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's how I kind of met you guys yeah. with the start of uh, that stage four group. That's right. And um, can you tell us a little bit of the difference between the regular ones um, and then the stage four? Yeah. So the majority of the retreats that we have across the country, are, we call them traditional or regular retreats. So that's for women of any age and any stage of breast cancer. But because um, we had this powerhouse group of young women who all had stage four breast cancer come to one of our retreats, and afterwards they said, you know what, our concerns are different. We're worried about different things. We don't always identify with the larger breast cancer community that isn't stage four, you should do something specifically just for us. And I was like, if you guys will help me do that, we'll do it. And the very next year, um, we did a pilot metastatic retreat, and um, Allison was a huge inspiration for that. Um, consulted with her on best practices, the differences, what, what we should be looking for, what we should be doing differently for women that are later stage breast cancer. And now, the inspiration of that program coming from uh, Daniel's wife, um, we now have metastatic retreats in Georgia, Colorado, Indiana, and we're looking at two other states um, to expand that metastatic program. 
approximately 30% of women that have breast cancer at an earlier stage um, will likely become metastatic. But what you hear a lot about are the pink ribbons and the Komen walks, um, which is all good and brings awareness. But the metastatic breast cancer community really needs more retreats, more resources, and more people to understand what that's all about because it's, it's very different and they need, they need more. And so we were passionate about that. And yeah, that was about the same time that I met you. Yeah. Um, it, 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 during my, you know, cancer process and, and cancer journey, um, she was a big cheerleader at that time. And during that time is when, you know, she was going through, you know, at, at, at that time, I guess you could say, you know, final stages um, as she was going through it. So it, it was, you know, I, I still have those text messages of those cheerleading things, you know, saying, you got this, you, you can do it. And so being invited and, and seeing that and, and helping out, um, you know, it's, it's, been a, it's, it's been a really cool life you know, thing to not only be involved with real recovery, but also on that on that side. Now, the two with real recovery and casting, obviously the men, the process is a little bit different. I think with um, the casting, it's really like that Sunday morning where we're we're, we're doing the fishing. It's mm-hmm. really one morning, but um, th- are they, they're there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? They're there yeah. the whole time. What what are usually um, what is it that they're they're you know getting with either counseling like what their doctors sure. talking with what what's that process as if yeah. someone who would uh, go to a tr- one of those retreats what are they looking at as a participant yeah all of our retreats are purposely small um, at our metastatic retreats we um, serve ten women at uh, our traditional retreats it's fourteen and we typically have ten or twelve staff members so. The women that are on the full weekend staff, it's three days, two nights, um, are oncology professionals, so breast nurse navigators. Um, sometimes they're medical oncologists. And then we have um, oncology social workers for the psychosocial part. Um, so the women come, we have some connecting activities. We start talking about flies and fly fishing right off the bat. Um, and there, there's a medical talk, there's a support group talk. These are all kind of like 101s, like primers. So a lot of women have never been to a support group, and I think if you've seen any kind of a movie with a support group, it always looks just ridiculous and depressing, or people are in a circle and fluorescent lighting, and that's not at all what we do. We want this to be an easy lift to learn fly fishing if it's your first time, first time with a support group you've got all this peer support so the whole weekend is a combination of support and resources around fly fishing around um, your emotional and physical well-being and our hope really is that women leave a little bit lighter they've gotten to share some stuff they might not share with their family Um, and maybe they've gotten a new resource that's going to change their outlook moving forward and hopefully They've had a new connection to nature or a reconnection that they had before their diagnosis and maybe even a new sport that they become passionate about with fly fishing. Yeah, Zach, and I, I will say volunteering for those 
the women over there are more competitive than we've seen <laughs> for, real uh, for recovery. Real recovery. Yeah, they they've already kind of you know they've already talked all weekend together, and then that Sunday morning they come out and they're like, okay, how many fish are we catching today? Like we're yeah. out here, and once they get that first one, they're just as loud talking to, the, to their buddy there. You know, like, look what I look how big this one is. Yeah. Like, oh man, I've caught ten. Um, you know, and, and then if you, it's a worse feeling when you haven't gotten a fish yet, and everyone around you's got it more so than the real recovery. They're like, because <laughs> it was right in your yeah, face. You're like, like, hey, what's going on? Why, why are what's they catching fish? You? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where the, the men, they're like, no big deal. We'll figure this out. No, they they want it. They want it now. That's <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of pressure. It is. It is. <laughs> I I say I get I feel more pressure at the cast for that one morning. <laughs> yeah. Than than the whole, the, the whole weekend with the with the real recovery <laughs> stuff on that. Yeah. It, it is. It is. It's been a, a really cool thing to, to be involved with and also to see it kind of grow within that yeah. that Texas stage and, and see uh, how's it, you know, how, how it goes there. So you they go, they, they have that. Um, what you know, do you do you have uh, re- return uh, participants that come in to help as well in, in mm-hmm. the past? Like, how does that look? A lot of our alums come back as volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times they don't have a skill set to be on the retreat staff. They're not an oncology social worker or um, an accomplished fly fisher, but um, they come and help at booths like here at Trout Fest. Sometimes they can come back and be a greeter or hospitality at a retreat. Sometimes they get so insane about fly fishing that they become a fly fishing instructor and they end up on the retreat staff, which is uh, crazy fun um, when that happens. And um, we hold a, an alumni reunion every year, mm-hmm. so women from all different retreat years can get together and meet each other. And we bring fishing gear from that uh, for those that want to fish. Um, we really just get get silly and stupid for a weekend. and. Um, it's just a ton of fun to get all those women together, and it's also crazy supportive mm-hmm. after a retreat, and they get to meet other folks. Um, That's so, awesome. Yeah. So you guys have an alumni weekend. Yeah. Is that um, uh, locally, or is that like everybody who has participated across yeah. the nation gets invited to the same one? This is really just for Texas, okay. um, and because it's just for the weekend, and you know, so we want it to make it within driving yeah. distance. So. Every year I'll send out an email to everybody who's ever attended a CFR retreat. And if you've been a a female volunteer, you can also come to that and be a part of it. And so, um, but we also, we've had women from other states that went to a CFR retreat that'll move to Texas. And we're like, come on, you're part of our reunion now. You get to be part of our group. So there's nothing cliquish about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Now in Texas, how many outing or retreats because you know there's the one in wearing mm-hmm. um what other ones throughout the state are going on at the same time or around the yeah the this year we're going to have four which is the most we've ever had um we have one coming up in april that's for women who are 40 and younger um and that's going to be at a private ranch this is the first time we've done that and okay. the applications have already closed for that i'm sorry the applications are closing this coming thursday okay so if you know someone who's 40 or or younger and has received a breast cancer diagnosis you can hop on our website, and I'm sure we'll share that in a little bit, and mm-hmm. go to go to Texas, and, and they can apply. Okay. Um, we're going to have a, a retreat in late April in Waring near Comfort, mm-hmm. kind of outside San Antonio, um, that's all ages, all stages. And then we're going to have two in the fall. One is going to be at uh, Latham Springs in Aquila. I think I'm pronouncing that right, um, which is kind of near west, so in between Austin and Dallas. Um, 
That's another traditional retreat. And then our metastatic retreat will be in the fall as well, back in Waring. Back in Waring. Okay. So, yeah. So, for this year. So, the, you, there's a new one now for 40 and under. Mm-hmm. What, how did that come to be? And, and it, I have a suspicion on how that came to be, but what, what yeah. was that decision to, to do something like that? You know, um, just like the metastatic uh, group, these women have different concerns, and um, it's, it's a different generation. So some of them may be wondering, can I still have kids? I want to have kids. What do I need to do? How does my treatment need to differ so that I'll still be able to have kids? Do I need to freeze eggs? Um, what about working or, or already being a mom and going through breast cancer and all of that? So they have a lot that they want to share. Um, and we had this opportunity um, through one of our volunteers, uh, his boss has a private ranch and somehow found out through him that his wife is the retreat leader for our network, <laughs> yeah. right? It always yeah. happens yeah. this way. And he was like, if you ever want to hold a retreat, I'll, I'll pay for everything. And so we're doing a small retreat. It's just going to be eight women who are 40 or younger. And we're just going to give it a shot there. There's water on the property. Um, and so we're kind of piloting that this year. And then from that, we can learn best practices and go from there and hopefully continue it. Now, on the on the real recovery side, we see a lot where you know men become very hesitant to move forward with even signing up or, yeah. or sometimes even just going they've signed up and they're still nervous what would you say to to you know someone who's who's on that cusp of like i know this exists and even now talking about that it exists uh to get them to make that decision to just pull the trigger to go you know i think a lot of people wonder is it going to be a downer Mm -hmm. um am i strong enough to do it yeah you know fly fishing i've seen a river runs through it and they're throwing that line and (laughs) um and i think they also wonder um just is what's that going to be like am i going to be comfortable am i am i going to feel alone with whatever my circumstances are because i'm young because i'm old because i'm whatever it may be um treatment choices anything um i think all of those fears are they just kind of go out the window when women arrive because we make it possible for women with any kind of mobility issues or weakness um, to be able to participate at their own level. So if someone's not feeling well or they want to go lay down, we're not going to be like, no, 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 you can't go lay down. We tell, look, hey, if you need to go take a break, go lay down and rest, just let us know. This weekend is for them at whatever level they want to participate. We have women fish from a chair because maybe they're in the middle of chemo and they're just weak. They can't stand out in the water. and our guides that come out to fish with women one-on-one on the last day, and all of our staff are very used to accommodating women with whatever their needs may be. So we don't want to tell any woman she can't come. We want all women to be able to come, if, and if we can make those accommodations possible, we will. Yeah, and we see it with the recovery aspect is that once they're there, and I've seen it too, like once they're there, that Sunday morning, they, they've already been talking to, they've already made friends with everybody, mm-hmm. and and it, it they're so focused on trying to catch that first fish that they, it, it is cool to see that kind of shed, you know, any of stress or any of the other things that they may be having to go on, and, and so that's... It's always a fun thing to, to watch. And they get they get fed well. The, the accommodations okay. are fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Are you still going to be at Camp Capers again there? At we'll the be at Camp Capers, yeah. yeah. So that's, oh, yeah, they always they always have a good, good spread. Place. Yeah, oh, yeah, the beds spread. are comfortable. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Somebody right else there. made coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's perfect. <laughs> but but you're right. You know, there we, there's, there's um, you know, chairs available, um, you know, any mobility issues. You guys have worked it out. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And, um, and then do a good job, too, of pairing uh, the participants with the fishing buddies that you've yeah. brought out to volunteer. So I feel like it's, it's for us coming and volunteering, we all know the volunteer. We're all friends and, and we all, you know, everyone's strengths and weaknesses. So it's, it is cool to see you guys kind of put everyone. I know that they're going to have fun here. I know they're going to have fun there. And you see that when we get done with the fishing. Whether you caught a fish or not, you will hear from them. That, you know, that, yeah. well, hey, you know, my friend caught, they, they caught 10. What happened? Why, yeah. why did we only catch nine? You know, it's, it's um, yeah, it, it's, oh, I'm thinking about it now. It's a lot of stress when you're yeah. out there yeah. com well, compared to The it. funny thing is, is we do not set up any kind of competition. We're like, look, this is a beautiful day on the river. Mm -hmm. Stop. Take a, take a look at your surroundings. You're standing in the water in waders. It feels awesome. I love standing in the water. Um, birds and colors and trees and fish. And just enjoy that. You know, all it takes is one person that's like, uh, I caught more fish than my roommate. And it starts to build up in a weird way. We don't want anybody to feel bad if they didn't yeah, catch a fish yeah. because invariably we'll blame it on their guide. Yeah, like, well, right. you, I'm sorry. Right. You got the short straw on the guides. And so, you know. You see, it's rough, man. It is man, so it's it tough. Is it's tough life. Yeah, I, I really start like we we get that get that email. Hey, Gabe, we need some help. You know, can you come out? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in. yeah pump yourself I'm up in. for bring it. Your a game. Yeah, bring your A game. I'm like, I'm tying like all these rant. I got like 30 boxes with like a thousand flies. Going like, something's got to work because I don't want, I don't want to be that guy out there on it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is an it is an amazing time for for sure. Um, what's you know what's what's the future of of CFR? I mean, what yeah. what's What's the next thing? I mean, I feel like you're just growing. You yeah. know, you guys are putting in place some some uh, some new groups and seeing how that happens. Yeah. What's what's next? You know, I think we just really just grow our community. Mm -hmm. um, I think whether it's a fly fishing club or an organization that's supporting um, people in the outdoors, you're always wanting to bring in new energy and enthusiasm, younger folks. Um, you know, nobody's replaceable. I mean, everybody should be replaceable. <laughs> that came out just the opposite of what I wanted to say. <laughs> everybody is replaceable, or should be. So um, I'm always wanting to train new people, give them new opportunities to be a leader in some way, build confidence so that at some point, maybe we have a third retreat team. Maybe, maybe we're able to do retreats just for Spanish speakers, you know, something down on the coast that's yeah. also serving South Texas. Um, something like that, but we're always trying to build community also with clubs, with TU, with Texas Women Fly Fishers. There's so much crossover. Yeah. Um, and with the fly fishing community, you always want to be looking at ways that you're not working within a silo. So if Texas Parks and Wildlife is doing an intro fly fishing day, hey, could we also do an intro fly fishing day just for women? Or you know, they do things for kids, all kinds of stuff. So let's pool our volunteers and make some magic happen rather than us all three trying to do that separately. Uh, that just doesn't make sense. It, yeah. it works better when you're working as a community and collaborating with resources and time, especially with volunteers. 
you know, it's, they're giving their time. So you want to make it worthwhile, and you want to keep serving the folks that have been a part of your program. Now, we've, we've talked about in the past my uh, thoughts on Tinkara fishing, but one of the things that we did this last yeah. uh, retreat is um, uh, Carrie Ray was able to bring in some, uh, their Kuru, I forget the name of it, but it's, it's somewhat of similar yeah. uh, Tinkara style. And so, you know, for, for any listeners that are, are looking to, you know, sign up for this, we had this, this you know, very simplistic way mm-hmm. to cast and it, again, it can be overwhelming and seeing a reel and seeing the line and like, I don't know, I got to do this cast and do that. Yeah. And so it was really neat to see that implemented uh, or at least kind of trialed mm-hmm. this last go and see how well uh, a lot of the participants were able to cast and catch fish yeah. and, and all of that. So, you know, again, in, in listening, we try to make it and the group tries to make it as, as easy for you to, to enjoy the weekend, but also to get on fish, and that is really, really cool. I mean, not that we don't try on the real recovery side, right, right. But you know, to see the, those things um, on there, and, and of course, now listening that we're going to have the the forty and under, which mm-hmm. is which is good. Um, in fact, one of the first one that I got um, asked to come in and help, um, Sarah, uh, she was. Pro- I think I was maybe. Right around the same age, right yeah. around the 32, and um, so it was, you know, it was pretty to have those discussions and conversations at that same, you know, age range. Yeah. So having a, a younger one that seems pretty cool for someone that does want to sign up. Mm-hmm. What's usually the process that they go to to get in on? Oh yeah. On a it's super easy. So um, our website is castingforrecovery.org, um, and. You just click on retreats, and it'll take you to a page with um, all the states in the country. If you're here in Texas, click on Texas, and you'll see the available retreats and the deadlines to apply. It doesn't matter if you're the first person to apply or the last person to apply. It's a random lottery, and we will select uh, women from that random lottery, and we also will put a certain number of women on the alternate list. We always need alternates. Yeah. You know, people cancel for all kinds of reasons, so we... if if someone is selected as an alternate, don't be discouraged because oftentimes you get called up. It's as simple as that. Some people, <laughs> sometimes people say, uh, what's the catch? This sounds too good to be true. And, um, you know, Casting for Recovery is, we were founded in 96 um, by a, a female angler and a, uh, a female breast surgeon who were fishing buddies um, up in Vermont. And they were like, you know what? Women with breast cancer need this. This would be really great for them stretching arm and shoulder and chest area tissues that have been impacted by surgery or radiation. Plus, it just gets them out in nature. And you can't think about anything else when you're focusing on, okay, where do I think the fish are? Should I move? Where am I trying to cast? So that's how the whole thing started. And they always wanted it to be no cost. So women from all walks of life can participate, because anybody who's going through cancer, they got a lot of bills, a lot of medical bills. So it's a random lottery. Women are selected, meals, lodging, all the fishing gear is provided, all of the volunteers that come, uh, come on their own time. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always the hard part, like just ripping that Band-Aid off and doing it. Don't worry about the the lotto. Don't worry about the all. Just do it, you know, and that's always been the tough I've talked to other participants in the recovery side is that once they're there, yeah, 
that's it. Like, it's the greatest thing. Everybody, it's like the best weekend they've ever been on, they've ever been a part of, you know. Sundays are always great. And even that, even though we're only, um, you know, as a, as a helper, we only are hanging out with them that morning. It, it's, it's so cool to see that change in meeting them in the morning. And then after we've had our lunch and that those goodbyes, you know, they're always giving you big hugs. They're always appreciative. And it's just... I've always had fun on bo- on both of them. Yeah, I uh, you know, and and I think it because of how much pressure is it on to get them on fish. It, I always feel it's so <laughs> so more rewarding on the casting or recovery side. But um, but no, that's that's great. Now um, with with the signups, um, if 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 they want to pick one outside of Texas, can they? No, they okay. actually can't. Because um, we really like to build community around. Um, the retreat group, the women, um, as well as the volunteers that were there. So if they want to continue fishing, they've made a connection with a fly fishing instructor at the retreat that might say, hey, you know what, we live in the same town, I'll take you out fishing. Um, so if they were to go back to another state, they wouldn't be able to build that same community. Yeah. Um, so, And also, if we allowed them to apply to any retreat in the country, yeah. they'd all go to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> right? But, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, this is Montana. true. You're yeah. absolutely right. This is true. Yeah. They would all want to go to Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Alaska, and we're like, okay, well then, you know. So we try to build community uh, locally. Um, what, yeah. do you, what do you think one of the biggest challenges you guys face as an organization? You know, I think that um, we have way too many applicants. You know, we turn away two to three women for every one that we're able to serve, and that's with minimal outreach. There's just too many people out there who've experienced breast cancer. It comes down to fundraising. Yeah. You know, most of our volunteers are not professional fundraisers, and um, having 52 retreats this year, all of those retreats have a local planning and retreat team who all fundraise and organize and do outreach locally. So, um, you know, it's it's how it is with most nonprofits. Yeah. A lot of it's fundraising. Um, if you don't want me asking, what's the cost to send one person through the through, through the program? Yeah, you know, the direct costs to, for one woman to attend our retreat, so meals, lodging, the equipment, everything that goes into all the materials that we bring, it's roughly right at a thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Start to finish. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, the, right. t- the Texas one is, is awesome. I mean, you know, they're, they're bust, they're shuttled. At least, at least in the past, we were going kind of off-site. Yeah. And then um, this was the uh, first one I could remember that we're actually, we were fishing on the property yeah. proper. And um, and it was just, it was cool. It was a little cold, but yeah. that's okay. You know, it didn't, didn't matter at the end of the day. But yeah. even as a buddy, you get taken care of very well. We so, try. Yeah. yeah I'm, always, <laughs> I'm always like, man, this is always a good one to get to get called for and, and, and help. Um Outside of that, yeah. What about you? Because I know you fly fish. I do. Yeah. So, what's the last trip you've been to? Where do you want to go to? Oh, wow. You know, um, I've ha- I've had. Uh, it's been lucky when we have um, board meetings. Sometimes I get to go up to uh, Dubois, mm-hmm. uh-huh. just kind of northeast of, of Jackson, and. Um, I really like to go fish up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some friends that have a cabin there, uh, and it's just, you just really feel like you're off the grid. And um, I'm not used to the whole bear pepper spray thing. I feel yeah. like I'm always watching my back. Yep. You know, that's get not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I get a little paranoid. <laughs> I might get a lot paranoid. <laughs> but um, I would like to get back there this summer. Um, I talk a lot more about fly fishing than I actually get to go fly yeah. fishing. 
but I can say that it doesn't really matter where I go. Um, I'm just happy to be yeah. casting a line. And how'd you fall into fly fishing? You know, in a, in a really silly way, because, uh, not a silly way, but um, <laughs> I lived in Durango briefly, and uh, it just looked like something I would like to do. And so, without ever taking a lesson or anything, I went in and bought a rod and a reel and just thought I could teach myself <laughs> on the Animus River in Durango. <laughs> how'd it go? It was I'm going to learn how to drive, but my first driving thing is the Daytona 500. <laughs> so yeah. It was incredibly frustrating, um, but, uh, but I got better and um, took, took some classes, you know, uh, went out with folks and, um, you know, Pretty quickly, uh, you you get hooked whether you're catching or not. You yeah. just there's just something about it, and we hear that from. I'm sure it happens with real recovery with the women at our retreats. They'll come off the river and say, "It'll dawn on them," and then they'll come up to you and say, "I didn't think about cancer the entire time I was on the water." And they're like, uh, "How did that happen?" And I said, "Well, because you're immersed in nature and all of your senses." And you're really focused on something. Yeah. I said, you're not just sitting there waiting for the bobber to drop while you're worrying about something. You're actively thinking. You're looking at flies. Your guide is like, so what do you think might work? Or mm-hmm. where do you think the fish are? And I said, that's the great kind of distraction that you want in life. It's healing Yeah. to be distracted. Now, with, with the, um, you know, I, I know it, at our retreats, we have courageous conversation mm-hmm. on CFR similar, I mean, I, I feel like there's a little bit more, you know, uh, counselors on staff and, and more people to talk to where at least with, with ours, it's, it's us, you know, yeah. and, and that's just how guys are. Yeah. And, um, but w- what does that look like as well? Cause yeah. I don't think we've talked about going back to the, the CFR yeah. aspect. What does that look like? On the, on the second day of the retreat in the evening, we have, we have what's called evening gathering okay. and it can be a combination of mindfulness and meditation Sometimes it's even like an, it can be a simple art project or something just to get people thinking and nobody likes to sit around and make eye contact and talk to talk <laughs> about something really personal. So, you know, it's almost like if you're tying flies, it's easier to talk about something really personal. It's that whole windshield conversation mm-hmm. that it's really easy to have with folks when you're driving. Um, so we do that on Saturday night and it's, uh, it's really it's oftentimes led by what the women are bringing up and talking about because nobody's forced to talk. Um, so it's, it's kept organic and casual and there's no pressure, but it's the chance to really unload some stuff if you need to. And sometimes you don't know that you need to and so, until suddenly you're talking yeah. Yeah. and you're like, whoa, this is coming out. And then uh, oftentimes that comes from someone who was diagnosed quite a while ago and they're like, I didn't realize I still had some things to work on and unpack, and I unpacked them, and I feel amazing for having done that. I didn't even realize that I was still struggling with that. Um, and that really inspires other folks to be able to do that. There's a lot to be said, too, from just listening in a group. Sometimes you get so much out of it, you might not be ready to talk yourself, but hearing other people talk and knowing, wow, I feel exactly that same way I didn't know that other people might be feeling this way. Just removing some of that alienation you feel, and especially for folks who were diagnosed and went through treatment during COVID and did everything alone. Um, It's just really, uh, had to have been just startling, and I'm sure that they're 
many people that are still trying to figure their way out of that because they didn't have that kind of support that normally you would have. Yeah, yeah. And, and with the CR, CFR, it is cool that, A, you're doing the um, alumni groups because yeah. it's one thing talking, and then you go through a little bit of time, and there's still some barriers and some, some roadblocks that you have to get through. So still having almost that sisterhood where you can still rely on people that you got to meet them for one weekend, and now there's someone that you can text and call, and you, you kind of have your own support group, which I always thought was pretty cool. There's the, they, um, it seems like a lot of the uh, groups pride themselves on when they when they went, almost like <laughs> graduating from college. Like we, this was our group, and you see that with with this as well, yeah. and it's it's always a, a fun thing to to see. Um, so you bought all your stuff. You, you go fishing that first time. Um, were you photography, doing the photography <laughs> stuff then as well? Yeah. yeah. Kind of putting two and two together? Yeah. Oh, man, that's, yeah. That's another thing I just don't have time for. Yeah. Photography. photography. And, yeah, it's a nice <laughs> thing. I'm, we're already out in a beautiful place to, yeah. to go. It's yeah. one more thing. Yeah. It's one more thing to spend money on. And you need that long, expensive lens. Yeah. Oh, you see, it's never enough. See? It's never, it's enough. never enough. See, and then I got to talk to the wife into it. Well, it's, it's, it's just one time. It's one thing. But then you need, you know, I need mm. it for this distance, and I need oh, it yeah. for that distance, mm-hmm. and all yeah. of that. What's, what's <laughs> next on your list to go and fish? You know, I, um, my daughter's getting ready to go to college. I would like to go out and see what all's in California. I've never fished yeah. all in California. I would like to go fish California, for sure. Northern so, like, California. surf or, like, everything, every, the northern, oh. the bass, the big bass that they have in northern yeah, California, too? I would maybe like to do that. I'm really scrappy when you get on salt water. It's just a free-for-all out there. I might hurt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair um, enough. But, uh, but not that I'm not game um, <laughs> to do that. But, uh, yeah, I think I would like to do some fishing out in Northern California. We were researching venues for a while, needing a new venue out there. And um, <laughs> it got me pretty pumped up to go fish Northern California. Yeah, <laughs> when you bet. start looking at how close the water proximity yeah. is. And it just, it just looks gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, we are hoping in, well, we're planning on it in... 2024 to have our first CFR retreat in Hawaii. Oh, awesome. Um, and of course... Um, if you need any help with that, by yeah. all means, please let me know. There's a very long list of people that are suddenly just avid volunteers. Yeah. yeah. I'm, really I'm enthusiastic. Whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, cool. um, hoping to be a part of that. Uh, I'm probably going to let one of our regional managers who's been supporting them be the lead on that. Uh, she deserves it. But, uh, like you guys, yeah, I'm on the list of volunteers should they need some help there. But, uh um, so many places to go fish, you know, I mean, just, uh, yeah, even here in Texas, there's places that I haven't gotten to and, uh, but yeah, Northern California, I'd like to go out and visit That's my cool. daughter and go, go goof around there. Where are you looking at Zach as far as like Northern California or, or California in general? Mostly like my family's from like the, they live in the Valley now, right. but they were in the Bay area for a while. But I mean, like you go North or you go East of that and it's just, you know, you have Yosemite and, uh, you have Redwood National Forest and it's just, I don't know. I've hiked a lot of it because I did all that before I was fly fishing, but now I want to go back and actually like fly fish it. Yeah. You know, so you go to those spots. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be. I mean, it'd be nice to go. It's on the list. I mean, my look, my wife kind of grew up in California. Yeah. And, and so we've talked about going up there too. But yeah, there. I mean, like, there's just so much 
different terrain, you know, yeah. and, and I think that that is pretty cool when going into that. One of these days. One, one put it days. on the list. One put it on the list. So yeah. a question we ask everybody is, what was your most memorable fish that you've ever caught on the fly? Ooh. You know, I'm going to have to say it was a fish that I caught on the, the Wind River, and I've been told to, to call it an undisclosed location <laughs> out west. We do that as well. We do. We, we yeah, do. We do that as well. <laughs> I, know, I now use it as my profile photo on uh, for CFR, and the, people ask me, and I'm like, it's an undisclosed location in the <laughs> west. Um, in, near Crowheart, which uh-huh. is further past Dubois, so, you know, Fill up your car before you leave Dubois. <laughs> <laughs> you might get stuck out there. Um, just a, just a beautiful um, brook trout. Yeah. And um, I'm not. I haven't done a lot of uh, casting out of boats and kayaks and stuff. Um, and the entire time, um, and this was a friend's husband who was uh, who was rowing. He was like, "This is some of the worst line management I've ever seen of anybody in a boat." And I was like. Hence why I'm, I haven't been in a boat much, but um, big old fish, just just gorgeous, and uh, yeah, you know, cheeks hurting for days after smiling, holding that fish. I was like, I can leave now. We we can go. We can go to dinner and happy hour. I'm I'm really really happy about this. Yeah. So that's got to be the, that's got to be the one. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. And, you know, allowing me to drag you over here. <laughs> Uh, I came willingly. I don't, yeah, I mean, no one's uh, no, no one's really grabbed stuff off the table, so we're okay. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're all right there. Um, just uh, what what's the the website? All of that. One sure. more time. Yeah, castingforrecovery.org. It's for F O R. Um, I I know for a while I would get asked uh, and people would see my hat. They'd say. Um, is this like a theater rehab thing? You know, like casting actors? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's not that nice. <laughs> it's it's theater rehab yeah. thing. Theater wow, rehab yeah. thing. I was like, really? Real recovery? You guys really? are doing movies? Yeah. 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 See, you could have the same problem. Um, yeah. I was like, no, it's actually fly fishing for uh, breast cancer survivors. Oh, I didn't think that was what that was. So, yeah. Castingforrecovery.org. Um, and... Uh, yeah, Susan Gates, I'm super easy to find on the website. All 52 retreats are up um, on there. If you know someone in another state, they can go and apply. There's nothing daunting about applying. It's your name, email, and phone number. If you decide it's not for you, no no harm, no foul. You can, you can, No one's going to make you go. Yeah. But, um, and we do get women that say, you know, I got halfway there and was like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. You know, this, I'm nervous. Um, but they always say, I'm so glad I didn't turn around. You guys were so nice. You made it so easy. I did everything. I couldn't believe I did everything that uh, I wanted to do. And so that's great, you know? No, and there's a lot of um, uh, stories and I feel like testimonials on YouTube as well. Yeah. You can just search it and see it. So you can see kind of what this process looks like so you can rip that Band-Aid off and go totally. and do this. Yeah. So, again, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. And, um We'll go from there. Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week.